All right, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am in the booth today. Um, I'm the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today we have Allison Oconi, the community care pastor. We have Scott Hetherington, a part of our speaking team. <laughs> he just spoke this last oh, Sunday, and we have Brian Cobley, our youth director. You guys are killing it at really good intros right there. <laughs> I'm trying to do the... <laughs> Too cool for school. There you go. I like it. I'm excited to see what you do at the bottom of this now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. you anything. Yeah. yeah. So the reason why I'm in the booth and you guys are on stage, one, reason, one of the reasons, so I can manage the audio and the video, but second off, you guys did the first three parts of this series we started, which was um, Letters to a Young Church. And Scott, in his message yesterday, he actually talked about Brian's message week one and then Allison's message week two. And I thought, wow, this would actually be pretty good for the podcast if you three kind of just go at um, what these three chapters have meant to you, um, what we can look forward to, and also unpack Scott's message. So um, I guess right off the bat, before we hop into the whole series, Scott, did you have to end up cutting anything from your message yesterday for time that you'd like to dive deeper into? I'm trying to remember what I talked about yesterday. <laughs> Blacked out ago. already. <laughs> yes. Um, no. Yeah, it's funny, Brian, that you asked that because I did cut something out first service. That was Hayden who asked it. So, oh, who did I say? Brian. <laughs> it's all so good. He was, he was looking I'm my way. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. It's <laughs> really. all good. Um, so Hayden, it's funny. I, I did cut something out first service that I did put in second service and it was great. Um, it was. and it's really weird because I wasn't in my notes. I knew it in my head that I wanted to share that story, um, about, um, Saul and Stephen. And in the middle of the first service, when I was going through, I had the prompt and you need to do that. But I kept thinking, no, we're on this 25, 30 minute timer for videos. You know how we're doing the, yeah. and I forgot, oh no, we're live now. We can go extra. So I didn't do it. And that was basically, I wrapped up second service with the story of um, Saul and Stephen and how I feel that imprinted on him as to why he was so steadfast in his faith and things like that moving forward. Yeah, I love that part. I'm glad you put it back in. I think we, me, like Brian and I talked to you yesterday, Scott, about that part. And then after our little staff meeting today, Allison and Brian and I talked about that part again because yeah, we thought it was so good. So if you've only watched the first service and you didn't see the online version, you need to go watch the online so you know what we're talking about. Yeah. But I got to give credit to where credit's due. That, that, was a, that was a learning I got from Pastor Hutch when I was at Antioch. So I felt like I was channeling him a little bit yesterday about that legacy. perspective from Saul and Stephen. Yeah, you must have been talking to me because, like you said, I was sitting in the corner over there, and my, I was just looking at the traffic because I'm like, I can't, can't, look at, can't look at Scott right now. I, eye contact. I think he's calling me out. I wasn't <laughs> calling anybody I know, out, it was brother. Just, man, but you, I, I think Hayden and I both said this. Hayden was sitting in the front. I was sitting in the back, and you just gave me chills. I'm like, wow, he's preaching. Yeah. Like, preach. And I think Allison and I yeah. said that today. It was like, like Scott preached at us, like you, you know, you preach all the time. But I just felt like, man, you preached. It was amazing. Yeah, it was interesting because it, it's just, when you have people in the room that are engaging back, it just gave a different sense to it, and I, I kind of surprised myself. <laughs> <laughs> Who's talking right now? Well, I'm sure Hayden will ask this question later, or I, no, I'll just make a statement, not ask a question. But I felt like this was a message Arbor Church needed to hear. So if anybody's watching the podcast that hasn't seen the message yet, it's definitely worth dialing back and watching it. It was a 
for this moment in time for us, Thank I you. think. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Look, I we had a conversation on on Saturday, Scott, because I was putting together the slides for the message, and I I told you when we were talking on the phone, I really liked the the thing that you pulled out about Paul and having this like spiritual fatherhood over the Church of Thessalonica, and it played really well with um, what Allison was talking about the week before, talking about some of the more motherly characteristics of Paul to the Church of Thessalonica as well, and then. Brian week one was talking about, if I could summarize it, Brian, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're talking about the community, right? So like the community at Thessalonica and then Allison talked about Paul being a mother to the church and then, and then uh, Scott focusing on the father aspect of it. Um, did any of you guys, when you're putting together your sermons the first two weeks, did you guys even think about that common thread that we would be kind of pulling through those messages at all? I mean, not really. I think the, I think us three actually talked very minimally <laughs> throughout all of our <laughs> research. I think we were all kind of focused on our own research and would come together a little bit here and there. Yeah. But no, I think that's definitely, you know, Paul and the Holy Spirit working through the three. Um, but I do love, one of my favorite things about a sermon like this is if you've been following with us for the three weeks, it all goes together. But I think so far, we've done a pretty good job of if somebody just jumped in yesterday, you didn't need to hear the other two weeks. I think you did a good you job. You should hear the other two you weeks. You should, though. definitely. But I mean, Allison was, killed it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Brian, you were good, I too. I was a great intro. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the, I'm like the hors d'oeuvre that when they come to your table, like, really? That's the, it? The pre-meal <laughs> snack? I, for $15, I only get four of those? <laughs> I would say, I think what I would say is that you know, when you when you did the intro, it was like the the missionary writing to his family that he had to leave and go away from for a while, and then when you took on the the role of like the nurturing mother when you were speaking, it didn't hit me until I was going through my notes, and I thought this feels a lot like a father trying mm -hmm. to infuse this confidence and mm -hmm. encouragement into mm -hmm. their son or their daughter or something. Mm -hmm. And then as I looked at the next chapters coming up, he's going to fall right back into this pastor mode of, okay, now here's how you need to live spiritually. Mm -hmm. I am your discipler, mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you some biblical advice and direction here that you need to go live and do. One of your um, applications or illustrations in this sermon was the parents who are talking to their kid at college, and they're on the phone, and yeah. the mom is the one way, like, oh, we just love you so much, and you're doing so great. We always knew you could be that way. And the dad is, you know, kind of coming at it from a different angle. But I even like that Paul, in the next coming chapters, is going to lay out some practical right. living, um, you know, encouragements, like like a parent would while their right. kids are at college. Yeah, he's going to delve into some of that theology, sanctification, and all that stuff yeah. coming up in these next chapters. And like a parent showing the big picture, doing right. this because of the coming of right. Jesus. Yes. Right. <laughs> Right. I think I think my dad always. I mean, growing up, my dad would always say, uh, um, "You just don't know what life's all about." I think I mm -hmm. heard that every single day. Anytime I would question him, he goes, "You just don't know what life's all about." I feel <laughs> like it's city slickers. The one thing <laughs> I'm one thing <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what's what so that one thing is. <laughs> but like Paul's about to like tell the church how to live, but right. with what life's all about. And, and coming from a position of love, too, he's established that, how much he loves these people, right, cares for them in mm -hmm. so many ways. So that kind of instruction for Christian living or whatever it is lands so beautifully when it's 
cloaked in love. So he's just set up this beautiful foundation for right. what's coming. I think as parents, you can look back at those times when you've tried to have conversations with your kids and you're kind of going, you just don't know what you don't know. I understand how difficult this is going right. to be for you. And I think for Paul, what hit me as I read through this chapter is that do not forget that Paul was Saul, the persecutor. Yes. He was the one that was trying to stamp out and drive out the Christian church. Yeah. So that's why he was so adamant all the time with the early church of there is an enemy that wants to destroy you because I was that enemy. I understand the darkness that you want to bring. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be aware. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a personal thing to him because mm -hmm. he had come out of that to be on the other side of it. Yeah, I love that. He says it in the verse 5 that, for this reason, I could bear it no longer. I love that. Yeah. Like, because it's easy to see this. You know, Paul started a church and maybe wanted to micromanage it a little bit. Like, felt like it was out. Of, he, he was losing control, <laughs> so he wanted to go check on it. But it truly shows his heart. But do you like, think he, that was it, or do you think it really was? He knew the pressure that they would be under. I I think he knows because he experienced yeah. it. Right. Um, being there and having to leave in the middle of the night with everything going on. Right. But like what you were saying right there, he says, I couldn't bear it no longer, which shows again, his heart for this church, like loved this, the people of this church, but said for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you. Like, yeah, the, how this church, he was afraid that the evil one got in, but mm -hmm. this church was just standing strong. It's, it's interesting I think I heard one of you guys talk about micromanagement. I don't know who that was. Did someone say that up there? I said that, yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because you talk about Paul being this father to the church, but also you're talking about your own relationships with being a parent. And I'm, I'm curious, I mean, all three of you up there are parents. How easy is it? Would have, how easy would it have been for Paul and how easy is it for you guys as parents to dip into that micromanagement, right? Because there's obviously things about the church in Thessalonica that they probably could have been doing a little bit better here or there, but we see that Paul doesn't have that, that desire to micromanage them, right? Like you see with the church of Corinth, like Paul had a lot of stuff he had to address, but with the church of Thessalonica and Philippi, and, and Philippi, he was like, you guys are doing a great job. I don't need to nitpick anything like that. I mean, I've, I'm a very young parent, <laughs> um, but I will say there was, and you guys probably can remember back in this time, I think when my son started first crawling, uh, you pre practically had a leash in my hand because <laughs> if he started moving, I was just walking with him like, hey, where are you going? Where are you touching? So now, now we're, Cade's running around. I'm like, I don't care. If yeah. he cries, I'll run to him. But, uh, but there was a moment of like, I felt like I had to micromanage yeah. every crawl step that he took to I guess now I mean I have years left of right. parenting that now I can just wait for a cry and know that he'll be okay yeah I think I think it's a I think it's a good analogy it's never perfect between never perfect discipling pastoring and parenting but there is a, it is a good analogy and Alice you remember the old parenting funnel we used to use back in the ministry to tell I was parents? thinking of the um the line graph with yeah. power and Influence, or sorry, control and influence. Yeah, exactly. And the idea is that when they're, there's no, no, it's not a flannel graph. We didn't use flannel graph. How old do you think we are, Allison? What's a flannel graph? I don't know what you're talking about. They didn't have flannel back in my day. I'm going to reel you back in here. Um, but the, the funnel that when, you know, when kids are young, they, you, you give them these 
you know, limited choices. They think it's big choices, but you give them these limited choices to train them and help them gain the confidence to make bigger choices. And as they get older, the funnel opens up more. Mm-hmm. And for every family, it's different where you get up to that wider funnel mm-hmm. of decisions they have to make. And you move from being more of like a director and controller of choices to a guide, an advisor, and director. Because, But then you also get this feeling inside of it's a bigger decisions they're having to make. Mm-hmm. And so there's this worry a little bit. And I think mm-hmm. for Thessalonica, who knew if it was a two-year-old, two, two three-year-old church in there that Paul still felt... I got to make sure they understand these things because I don't know if they're quite ready to be out there on their own. And when Timothy came back, he was so thrilled and excited. And that's what made me think of this is kind of like maybe a kid that's just left home. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to wonder how they're doing out there on their own. And I haven't been able to be in touch with you for a while. So that's kind of where I was going with it when I thought of the parenting thing. At the risk of like making this all about Arbor all the time, I well, think we, about we are Arbor. <laughs> so we're still Arbor. <laughs> I think about um, being a young church and being a you know like this little church was in Thessalonica, and like we're getting our reps right. Like we've got a few years of groups under our belt, for example, and figured out Sundays, and we're getting all the basics done. But then we've kind of had. 2020 happen right with refigure out all those things right so then i i do feel like a pastor who is concerned like hey okay like are we doing all right do we have the basics down like are you guys spending time in the word are are, you know are you praying at all anymore you know like trying to reach out to the people across the online um platforms just you know trying to still disciple and make sure everybody's doing all right and growing and you know, not falling away. So I, I, I identify so much with Paul. He was so long distance from this little church and not able to be, you know, hands-on um, or boots on the ground to know how everybody was doing. You so couldn't even Zoom them or text them or, like, <laughs> FaceTime them or anything. He TikTok like, them. I know. Timothy had to, like, get on a boat and a goat and just to arrive there on time, you know? I was hoping I for do one like, more I do rhyme. not like green eggs and ham, I Sam. I am. I wanted one more rhyme in there. He <laughs> got on a boat and a, a goat. A boat? A goat? To cross the moat. <laughs> ah, yeah, I was going to say that one. <laughs> cross the moat. Um, I do wonder, though, because we talk about this. We like we like I think every time we've talked about this on our podcast now, we kind of try and go into the mindset of Paul. But I believe that... Uh, and I've said this before, that when Paul wrote this letter, he thought that Jesus was coming back, the second coming was going to happen in his lifetime. So can you even can you imagine the urgency that he had to share with this church? Because, like, I need to get this to them before Jesus comes back. Like this needs, Right. These are need, important things for them to know. Yes. Before Jesus comes back. And, you know, sometimes I feel like we've lost that urgency yeah. in church, the urgency of, like, we have to get this out before Jesus comes back. Right, and sharing the gospel, right? right? Sharing the love of God before, you know, it's too late for them to hear that. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, I well, think we have yeah. lost that. I would agree. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guilty of that in myself in my own life. I have people I've known for years that unfortunately still are not believers, and I find myself at times questioning my own witness and relationship mm-hmm. in their lives of how can they have known me this long, and yet... there's not been that urgency of, Mm -hmm. so I battle that myself. And I think I said something to my sermon along the way somewhere of this, the early church, you know, was founded in the soil of, you know, tribulation and trials and persecution and not, I mean, the reasons to leave were, were realistic. 
And yet we look at why we leave our faith or the church today, and it's like, really? <laughs> I know. Really? And I don't mean to be light about no, that I because know. everybody's reasons are heavy to them in that moment. But I do think where the Christian church started and what they had to battle and grow through to where we are now, uniquely different. And sometimes I think is our faith as strong and powerful and urgent as it needs to be. And I know that it isn't for me at times, and I'm guilty of that myself. Mm-hmm. Scott, I wanted to... Uh, Allison, what were you going to... She just needed to take a breath, bro. Did that take your breath away for a moment? I just had to feel it for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, Scott, talking about your message in specific, um, did you spend some time listening to... Allison and Brian's. I know that you were you were here in the building for both of their messages when we were not open yet. We were doing our uh, test live streams. Did you find yourself when you're working on the message or before you started it re-listening, or did you have a pretty good idea where they were at and what they were going for when you started writing your message? Um, I was here for both of their messages. I took copious notes on my you know my phone here for both of them. And then I just went back through those notes and tried to pull out some common themes that they were using and tried to see how that connected to chapter three and what was coming up next. So that's how I managed thinking through my outline and what I was doing and tried to pull out the three points that I had, which up until I think Saturday, Brian, was just two points. And I gave you that third point on Saturday. Yes, Hayden. Hayden, sorry. <laughs> it's um, all good. It's he dark back there, yeah. and he's sitting to my left, so yeah. I'm like the voice in the darkness. One thing so. you can do is just blend their names together if yeah. you need. Braden. Braden. That's what, yeah, that's so what we've been called on staff. I wish you didn't say that. Oh, no, sorry. Everybody's going to do that in the world now. Bleep me out. That's right. we got to cut that part out. Yeah. So that's where I was going. Hayden was uh, looking at their notes and trying to f- feel like how it themed together a little bit. Gotcha. Okay. And did you... Um, was it much work to incorporate those threads, or was it pretty easy given the passage that you had when you were going through? I, I think it was. I think it was more natural for this chapter. I'm curious for Dave, who's coming up next, because it goes more from like this encouraging fatherly, motherly checking in. Here's things to now some. Let's get down to some brass tacks. I want to talk to you about. <laughs> here's the facts of life. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like. Yeah, like the Bachelor. parents, you get through the, how are you doing? How are things? Okay, now let right. me talk to you about this. This is what I need to tell There's you. There's birth control. That's right. Whoa. <laughs> we just went right there, Allison. Wow. <laughs> I was, I'm going to look at that anyway. Sorry. I mean, here's your seatbelt um, in the back of the car. Right. Um, so, yeah, I do think it was a little bit more, it, it flowed a little bit easier. It, for those who haven't watched yet, can you tell us again the three points? Oh, man, off the top of my head. Um, If you have trouble, I can remember. These are truths. Trials are part of the Christian life. Um, Strengthening and encouraging are part of the Christian life. And then I'm... You know the third one, don't you? I do, but I'm not bringing it up on my head right now. It's hope. Um, It's steadfast. Steadfast love. love No, no, living in love and being steadfast. Yeah, living in love and steadfast hope are part of the Christian life. Or steadfast, steadfast faith. Let's say which was uh, the points that I had the first week: the faith, love, and hope. Yeah. So, and yeah. he talked about it again in that chapter. Yeah. So, yeah. Can I? I think as Christians we know this, but don't like to hear it. But no, we have to hear it. But the trials, 
the yeah i felt a little heavy-handed at that part there we got no a we needed no, that the, we needed that what i told you this uh yesterday and i want to bring this back to the podcast but one thing that you said i don't remember if you said this first service uh but i heard you for sure second i'm like wow that's because you were listening the second service. i was because i was listening <laughs> second got him um, but second service you talked about the trials of our life and then you put this sl slight jab in there and said trials that we can bring like most of them we bring oh. onto ourselves yeah we talked like, about that after yeah i was bit. like man that's i mean that's kind of true like as as christians or just as people we tend to bring in our our own trials yeah because I, I always go back to um you know some of the early discipleship i got from like people like Carl Payne and other people in my life that are always talking about, you know, there's all different places we, in, we, we find trials. Some of it's from direct enemy of Satan coming after us. Some of it's just we live in a broken world and there's hard things to walk through and things happen to good people and those trials happen. But the majority of it, I think, is based on the choices we make. We create our own trials because of our own sinfulness or our own shortcoming or we're not following or doing or thinking through something. And so it's you know, the old time saying, oh, the devil made me do it. It's easy to say that all the time, but that is also real. The enemy is out there trying to pull us away and attack us. And the world is just a really hard place to live in at times and bad things happen. But more often than not, we need to really examine, are we creating some of our own problems and trials and pressures that we need to go to Christ and then say, show me what I need to do differently? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm definitely a person who uh, reacts fast and very impulsive that there's moments in my life where if I just stopped, took a breath, and examined, I wouldn't have the bigger trial that I created right. on my own. Just wanting to work work it out myself. Yeah. Um, did you find, Scott, that this was easy or hard when you were going through this passage? This is one of our first sermons that you've been a part of where we've kind of leaned more on the expository style of preaching, right? The past couple sermons that you've been a part of, we've been doing more the topical approach, and this is our first series for in a little bit of time that we've leaned on. Let's just walk through. Go ahead, Brian. I will say yes for Scott, but every time Scott has preached yes. to us in yep. the past, he's actually done a great job of grabbing a whole like chapter or a few verses and stuck with it the whole time. So he's kind yeah. of... He already does this yeah. for Arbor, even with our topical yep. sermons, more, and always brings up things that uh, were just, like, I didn't know before. Like, the last sermon you did with the uh, Caleb, was it Caleb, who got oh, yeah. the land of the giants? Yep. Yeah. Like, so he's always kind of yeah. stuck with it, but this is... Well, this was, a, this was a good... I mean, we have, our, we have our theme, Letters to a Young Church, and we're going to walk through First Thessalonians and then Galatians correct? I yes. did get that right. Um, so for me, I love expository preaching. It's what I cut my teeth on. It's what I grew up under. So in some ways, it did feel easier and more natural because that's what I prefer and love. Um, I'm not against, you know, themes or topical messages or series. Um, but I did feel like um, this was more natural to me. And, I, and I've talked through the Gospels before and preached through the Gospels before. So I knew some of the main themes and elements in there. So I, I just, it really felt good to be in a passage of Scripture. And that's where we're camping out right now. Yeah. 
And I know that's I know Brian's in that same boat. I don't think I've ever asked you, Allison. What is when it comes to preaching? What is your preference? Yeah, why am I preaching all of a sudden? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're is, good at it. Because you're good at it. And it's about not, time. This is yeah. I have no opinions on this because I'm still always in shock when I get up there and I've got the mic in my hand. So anyhow, I don't know what I prefer. You're like that parent that's like, you did so good, but I never thought you could do that. I know. What the heck <laughs> like are you doing? Like that compliment. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why did they pick you? <laughs> no, you're you're very conversational. And yes. Just like, yeah, I love it. Well, it's all yeah. It's always nice. I have be- a non-answer for you there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you though. No, I've I've always appreciated your messages. I think the first time I heard you speak was at Tent Church. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, Tent Church, yeah. and then you've been a pretty consistent thing after oh, that. Way back so. in the day. Remember those days of Tent Church? Tent <laughs> Church. Like Nostalgia. Yeah, it does <laughs> feel... My hair still smells like camp smoke. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> looking up uh, on one of... I know there was a... Every time Scott preaches, there's always something I underline, which is funny. Oh, I thought you were going to challenge me on the part no, where no, said, no, 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 he no. never, ever did this anywhere else. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> just so, so just to let everybody know, if you ever grab my Bible, you will not see highlights. You will not see anything underlined. I don't do that. I'm kind of like, I want to keep this pristine. pristine. But I do remember one time you were preaching, and I'm like, I have to underline this right now. Oh, no, I you ever, underlined. If I ever preach this, I want to make sure that I remember this. And I hope this is you, <laughs> as I call it, call it out. I mean, if it's good, I'm taking credit. <laughs> Did Let's you see ever, what it is first, Allison? I'm did sure you at some ever point preach he preached for us? These. <laughs> the rich young man. Did you, was that you who did the sermon about the rich young man who has come to Christ and says, uh, like, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal. Um, and I think it was you who showed me that, like, this guy was trying everything he could to get to heaven himself. And I'm like, man, never really, like, like every time you preach, I'm always. I'm pretty like, sure that was Scott. I, I, no, I think it was Scott. I, it was. I don't remember that. Great job, so I Scott. Can't take you really honestly. Thank you, Brian. We're gonna go back in time and go to every Scott sermon. And Never turned down a compliment. <laughs> no. Oh, and then the oh, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Oh. That one I did. Preach. Yeah, I underlined that one. From the balcony. <laughs> and looked. I was like, yeah. oh, I've never that one. I need to always picture that he like turned and looked at Peter. Yeah. Oh, and then I think it was you who. <laughs> so, Brian, do you have a point? Wow. No, 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 no. Right. Just an I'm just saying, like, you always stick to. Reminds me of the John Candy yeah. movie with Steve Martin. You, you know your stories; they need to have a point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you always stick to scripture and teach deeper. You, I think you're also the one who showed, like, the people of Arbor and me when Jesus talked to uh, Peter back on the, the, like, or lakeside that he called them by. Simon again. He like went yeah. back. Went back the name. Back uh, I name. can't take credit for any of that. That's all harvested, stolen, borrowed, you. taken from, you <laughs> know, Holy Spirit. Uh, no other people before me that I sat under and learned from and read from. So I can't take credit for any of those amazing insights. But thank you, Brian. Yeah, but the point was, it. as you know, you say you cut your teeth on it. As we've always done right. topical. Every time you've preached, you've always done expository. Well, in our topical. I've tried. It's kind of where I gravitate towards. Good job. And on a hard week, too. So. Man, it's been crazy. It's amazing. I think it just show, demonstrated God's power in your life and his purposes for Arbor that he could craft a message through you yeah. on such a week. I say the same prayer at the beginning of every message, and I really mean it. It's just kind of like my go-to of, okay, God, let's get this ready and right because I don't want it to be about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get me out of the way. 
I said, give me ears that want to hear, hearts, hearts that want to listen, feet that want to go into action, and move me out of the way. Mm. Very good. That's very good. So I thought it was funny when we were sitting down to film and record this. Uh, you guys said, I think Allison said it to me, and maybe Scott, but you get you guys asked you're still gonna you know direct the ship right and i thought to myself i have three preachers on stage <laughs> there's there's no reason for me to talk yes you there guys is are because just you have go. these great questions i love how you lead us into these conversations yeah. well every time i'm about to ask a question and then one of you guys starts up again i'm like all right cool I'll just make so sure. What's your question, make sure, Hayden, What do you got written down back there? I I was just gonna say we're getting close to wrapping up. We've been having this bad habit of speaking for an hour for these podcasts, and <laughs> um, we don't need to be going for an hour. So, <laughs> to give the is. people what they want, man. <laughs> I, I'm all for that. Um, I just don't know if anyone asked for an hour long podcast from us. But um, before we wrap things up, Scott, we already talked about the things you had to cut the process of it all. And we've kind of peeled back the curtain a little bit on what ne- what next week's message is going to be. Um, is there any like closing thoughts from the three of you in terms of the first three chapters? Because it does sound like after these first three chapters, the book kind of takes a different turn, right? In a, a different slight, direction. I think it's a slight turn. I think yeah. it's, it aligns with most of Paul's letters that yep. there's always the encouragement and checking in and know you're loved and let's get down to some things we need to talk about. Um, I think my takeaway from what we've covered so far is that I think of like people in ministry, pastors, church planters, I hope the congregation and all of us continue to remember that there's a deep abiding love and connection from that role to what people do. And I think you saw that in Paul. Mm -hmm. And I believe that God always gives us some kind of earthly representation of a spiritual relationship or something he's trying to teach us and show us. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not just the mother-fatherly role, but there is a spiritual guidance role. And, um, you know, even today I run into kids that I had in form when I was a youth pastor or things like that. And when you find out that they're walking with God or they're living with God or they've come back to God, um, it, it just, it, me and Joey are always, my buddy Joey, who was a high school pastor with me, we always talk about this. Like just recently we've been, reconnected with one of my former junior hires who literally the last time I saw him, he was in court looking at a judge saying, you need to send me back to jail or I will die on the streets. That's the last interaction I had with him. And recently we re-engage and he's trying to get his life back together. And he's trying to look at the scriptures again. And I guess what I'm saying is that I want people to know that in this role that Brian, Hayden, Allison have, we need to remember as a congregation there's this calling and compassion and connection there that is a picture of how God feels about us. And I think that's where Paul comes from. I love you. I care about you. So when I'm hard on you, it's because I know what the enemy wants to do. And when I'm encouraging you, it's because I know what I want you to get to and continue to do. That's kind of my takeaway of what we've gotten to so far. Mm, That's good. Um, For the the people that are maybe not coming in person, but they're listening online or uh, during the week. I know that this, it's not going to be this crazy harsh departure, but we've had three weeks of Paul encouraging, right? And, and highlighting things that the church of Thessalonica has been doing well. What kind of, I guess, information would you share with the listeners of things are going to not 
make a drastic turn, like we said, but things are going to go more into Paul addressing some things and hopefully correcting. What would be um, maybe your advice to the people that are going to be listening to these sermons moving forward? Well, I'll jump in really fast. It reminds me of, um, I used to be a school teacher, and we learned the parent-teacher conferences were to sandwich the feedback. So you would start with something that like honored the family and the child, and then you would deliver in the middle, you know, sort of some harsh news, like, Ben is not very good with scissors, you know, whatever the hard <laughs> word was. And then you would close up the sandwich. Ben right now. <laughs> ben, I didn't know you weren't good with scissors. He was Secret not. Out. He needed to open the alligator wide and make. <laughs> so this isn't made up? This is no, made I'm up. telling you, that was my first parent-teacher conference where there was bad news. Right. Res- I was Back on point. The so point anyhow, of the story. So, but then, like, you close in love, too. Like, you sandwich. And, um... So I see Paul doing this in this letter. Yeah. He he starts with love, and it's not just to butter up the audience and make them feel good about themselves. It's it's true, and it's honest and authentic. But then he also, part of love is saying like, hey, here's a better way. I want you to be safe. I want you to be well. I want everything to go right with you. So here's instructions, and then don't forget I love you. Yes. So it's the sandwich. Couldn't have, couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Thanks. And it is funny, in chapter 4 I had to check, but he doesn't really move naturally. He just says, as for other facts we wanted to talk about, and he jumps right into yeah. it. <laughs> so uh, I'm not saying Paul was all huggy-huggy all the time either. Right. If I had to give advice for the people who are going to continue with us, it's honestly what Paul writes in these next couple chapters, really examine your life and see is there anything that you can work on because it's easy to read what's coming up in chapter 4 and be like, oh, that's not me. And just you hear it and just like, cool, that was a that speaker did so good today. But like actually like, okay, is there any any areas in my life that this could be for me? And if not, great. Um, But and let it be a sermon and a a letter for maybe another time. But I would say for the people who are going to be listening, truly let it sink in. And I would conclude with that by saying, don't forget that we've scripture teaches us. God disciplines or corrects those he loves. And that's why I'm going back to the story I just shared about that pastorly role, that spiritual leader role. We need to say tough things, but we're saying them. I shouldn't say we. They're being said in a a voice of love and concern and truth that, as one of our audience members here, former youth member of mine and intern with me, great guy, would say, God loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Mm -hmm. And as parents, we love you too much to let you just keep doing something that we see isn't right. And so it seems harsh, but it's coming from this well of love and compassion and concern of you need to get this. Because so just, Jesus is coming. Yes, because Jesus is coming and people are going to hell and we need to be, we need to be about the work of Jesus and everything we do. Mm. So Walk just worthy. remember that. Walk worthy. Walk wow. worthy. <laughs> Walk this way. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that really concludes the mess or our podcast. Um, I you said the mess. I was going to say you're going to say message. The message. That's what right. I was going to say. Yeah. You just call this the mess. It is a beautiful. This mess. is a beautiful, a beautiful mess. unorganized mess. Yeah. Of course. Ooh, oh, we got. Hey, we got our first question from the audience. Yeah. We've never had an audience. 
Okay. For anyone who didn't hear that, because I'm not sure how great our microphones are, um, the question was, why does this matter to me? You want, I was going to let you No, answer. you go ahead. You look like you're ready to say something. I, I wasn't. I was actually oh. going to say Scott. <laughs> that was what I was about well, to say. I would go back to, I'd start with the simplicity of it because Jesus matters. Because you, may you may not understand why it doesn't matter, but I would simply go back to the basics of without Jesus, there's not a future hope of life with Jesus beyond this. Holy cow. There you go. On time. Jesus is calling. <laughs> so I would start there. And it's like, this is, if I'm going to answer the question why this matters, I'm going to say, let's sit down, let's get some food, let's have a conversation. Because in order for me to know why it matters, I need to know your story a bit. But the bottom line is, Jesus matters. Jesus matters because we've all sinned and we fall short of God. We need a Savior. And so what we're learning today connects with all of that. And in the end, that's what matters. Because if you don't have that, then it doesn't matter. So that's where I would start and build from there. Danny? Yeah. What's a tangible hope in the midst of all sin we find? Like, I'm sure working through drama, working through pain, what's a tangible step to walk through that suffering and pain and frustration and trials in the world and Satan and then on the church? Um, I think I said this a long time ago when I was sharing my story, my mm -hmm. testimony. I said, there's no big one thing or two things or three things you do. You get up, you find faith enough for that day, and the way you move a mountain with the mustard seed is one rock at a time. You take what's in front of you and enough faith to handle just that next hour or enough faith just for that next day. And you live in the reality of, I don't know about tomorrow, but I'm going to take today and find the faith for today. And know that as you go day through day or hour through hour, God is strengthening you. You're growing. And that's what I tell people. Don't try to think how I'm going to get through all of this. How are you going to get through this moment in time right now? And that's easier said than done. But that's really all we're asked of God to do. Can you live with me now? And the hope is he promises that all things work together for good to those that love God. And people are like, well, how do you know it's going to be good? Because I know God is good. And God is the only one that can take garbage and awful and sin and evil and make good out of it. I don't know how or why, but he does. And the path there is just one step at a time. I think for me, too, <clears throat> when Jesus left this earth, he told the 12, 11 at the time, that now go and make other disciples baptize them, and teach them all that I have taught you. Now, if we're disciples of Christ, we're doing that. Right. You know, we are, like I said in my sermon, we are now the representation of Christ in this world. Like when Jesus left, he said, I'm trusting all of you with this. But the thing is, if we are to take that commandment, the last commandment, the, 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 the Great Commission seriously, how can we teach all that he commanded if we're not hearing and right. listening and joining in on everything that he's taught us? So for me, I would say it's important for this podcast, important for this type of series, is so we can be true disciples, teaching others what it means to be disciples and followers of Christ and to be the 
the representation of Christ in the world to the unbelievers. We can't represent him if we don't know who we're representing. Hmm. I should have known if I gave you guys microphones and put you on the stage, you'd start <laughs> preaching. <laughs> Sorry, that just turned in from a podcast. I got went into preaching mode there. I'm really sorry. I loved it. I hope I don't. I wish I would have just given the young man in the audience back there a nice, simple answer of it matters, Danny, because I love you and Jesus it loves you. It matters because you matter. Yeah, Danny. Danny, it matters. I'm not trying to be smart, Alec. I would have said no, it matters I because yeah. I love you, Jesus loves you. Yeah. Danny's the re- researcher in the back. Remember the yeah, our fact checker yeah, that, our we, fact keep checker to, that yeah. we point at in the audience. No, I think this is great because people are going to be listening to this on a Wednesday morning, and I think that's some good mid- midweek encouragement if they make it to the end of, you know, good wisdom to be shared. So, I'm going to wrap things up unless you guys have any last things you want to say. No, we're um, going to preach. Make sure to cut with your alligator <laughs> wide open. And you stick the paper listening, all ben? the way in. Keep practicing, Ben. You can do it. <laughs> Cutworthy. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Um, this has been the follow-up podcast, and we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you.